0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the genesis of startups, where we interview brilliant minds in entrepreneurship to explore what it's really like to start a business. Today, we have Jonathan Chak, a serial entrepreneur and educator with almost 20 years of experience working with startups. Jonathan is a six-time founder across a wide range of industries from e-commerce, cafes and tech. Now, imparting his knowledge onto the next generation of entrepreneurs, he holds the senior advisor post at Jobs for New South Wales, where he has worked with over 500 different startups. Jonathan, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, William. It's my pleasure to be with you today. So, tell us
0: about how you began your entrepreneurial journey.
1: Oh, my entrepreneurial journey. I started freelancing as a graphic designer when I was back in uni. So. That's, that's how I know. Like, that's my, that was my hobby back then. I, I was, uh, like an art student and, you know, with some doing a lot of drawings and, um, designing. So that's how I got into my career. I, I was using my graphic design skills to, you know, help small business do their business car. Like I was yeah, approaching university societies, like student societies, doing flyers, design and printed. Um, so that's how I started. And I literally just go out there, the neighborhood and knock on doors and, yeah, you know, go to a restaurant and say, hey, do you need do you need your manual redesign? So that's how I got started when
0: I was in E2 Uni. Started, yeah, yeah, doing, doing doing that freelancing thing. Yeah, definitely. So it was just you had a skill and you went around and sold it. Did you ever feel nervous going to different clients saying, Hey, do you guys want graphic designing? Or did you feel that it was kind of natural to do so?
1: definitely not natural <laughs> and you know <laughs> at such a young age i'm obviously ego player a very big part as well so you, you always think you're the best and now from from the communication side of things i'm approaching clients it, it was difficult <laughs> very very challenging
0: and so how did you work up your courage to eventually go and start selling your service especially as you mentioned you were really young
1: i guess everything has got a drive behind it, right? So my mentality back then was like this, okay. Going into the graphic design career, right? The starting salary back then is like twenty-five K a year for a junior apprentice position. If you're lucky, you, you spend 12 years, you might become creative director in advertising agency or something like that, right? So that's their career path that um I, I got myself into. And I was thinking to myself, 25k to start off with, and you know I need to spend 12 years to get to, you know, a, a director position where back then that the salary level was about you know 120k or something like that. And then I go, no way, I'm not going to spend that much time um, <laughs> just for that. So I might as well start um, going out there and and see if um, I can start making some money. So to be honest, the the initial drive was purely monitoring. Like I just want to make my money. Using my skills, I don't want to work for someone because um, yeah, it's 95 and you know um, there's no flexibility. The the salary is low and you need to put a lot of hard work into climbing that um, corporate ladder. No, I don't want to do that. So that was the that was the major motivation behind um, yeah, you going out there
0: even if it's so challenging, talking to strangers and trying to sell something. Uh, I just did it anyway. Yeah, definitely, because there was no other alternative. It's either you do this or you just get stuck in, in a role where they pay you twenty five K and you have to wait twelve years before achieving, you know, a higher position.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's that's exactly what went through my mind back then. But yeah. it's it's not it's not so true
0: <laughs> Definitely. So from there then, how did you move on to creating your six different startups?
1: I was actually quite lucky. So when I started freelancing as a graphic designer, it was 2000, uh, the year 2000. So it was early 2000 when, you know, there's the internet boom. So yeah. I started, you know, accumulating at a lot of clients just by knocking on doors and referrals and designing their business cards and venues. And all of a sudden without even me noticing, every single client is asking me, Hey, can you build me my website? And I go, what is a website? <laughs> How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a graphic designer. I design menus. I design business cards, but not websites. Uh, because the, the demand was so big, um, everyone started asking me, so I, I need to find out what is a website. And one thing lead to another, and you know, that's that's the law of attraction, right? When you when you think about one thing and you get get yourself exposed to to a certain topic. You just surround yourself with those kind of people. So I was lucky to meet with someone who graduated from a master of IT degree. And because of the dot-com bust, you know, everyone in IT is out of it. job. Yeah. So this guy, he finished his master and he's just working in a computer shop, you know, putting computers together as a, as a, as a sales, <laughs> Not doing much. And you know, somehow I met him for a friend and I asked him, hey, do you know, do you know how to build websites? And he yeah. I can build websites. I'm like, great! Thank God. And I go. What are you doing right now? He said, "Oh, I'm just, um, you know, putting putting computers together." And go, Do you want to make a living out of um, building websites? And I go, yeah, why not? Like we can utilize our skills to, through, you know, um, make a career and make a living. And I go, great. Okay, come with me. I've got so many clients who want websites, and I don't know anything about it. And that's how I got into my first partnership. Bring him, and we started a, a web design and development agency. And that's how I got started with my first business, like proper business.
0: Yeah, definitely. What were some challenges that you faced?
1: Oh, so we, we have to go through a little bit of story. So with the, like a lot of the fundamentals um, of, you know, how to do business and, you know, shaping who I am right now comes from my first business, which is their web design development company right? We started building websites, like brochure sites, literally. We were charging thousands of dollars just for a page of HTML back then. It
0: was great. Yeah. It, was, it was quick money. We slowly did more, like, complex stuff with more database systems. We, we built we built an internal legal system for Deakin Australia. We built a major
1: online campaign for McDonald's in Australia and New Zealand, managing their uh, creative firms, the, the entire digital strategy and also managing their their servers and yeah, back then there's no aws i'm sorry so we have to manage the servers as well so that's that's how, how we got to really understand the fundamentals of online businesses and um, systems and how to how to build products and one thing led to another after seven years eight years of working with clients i just got Sick of working with clients, like, um, yeah, they never listen. Like, um, yeah, this is how you yeah. do it, but they, they've got their own, you know, concerns and ways of um handling stuff. So, yeah, we, we were never able to do what we think is the right thing, so we decided to start working with clients and just build our own startups. And which we, we, we thought we we were equipped with all the qualities that that is, is needed to to build a startup, so that's why we, we jumped into it. But of course, in retrospect, it's, uh, it's very wrong. We come from a production background. Like we can build websites, like um, yeah, we can, we can um, knock out a product overnight. That's no problem at all. But, you know, that's, that's only the tip of the iceberg. Like the ability to build a product is, is important. But um, at an initial stage of um, um, creating a startup, that's networking. It's not important. Though. So that's the first thing I learned. That's the biggest challenge I still have throughout my my entrepreneurial journey how do we actually navigate through finding out a problem that is worth solving for that actually has a market demand like um to elaborate a little bit on that is you know we we can see a lot of opportunities out in this world there are a lot of problems out there right but even if there is a problem a very very clear problem it doesn't mean that there is a market out there where there are customers willing to pay for a solution to solve that particular problem And this is a very big misconception out there. And we we all run into this problem. I, I still have that problem. I'm constantly learning. Yeah. Tell
0: me a little bit more about the distinguishing of when a startup founder discovers that there is a problem worth solving, but there isn't actually any demand. Because it seems to me quite synchronous. If there's a problem by default, wouldn't there be people who want the problem to be solved? Is there an example of where there's a problem, but no one wants it to be solved?
1: Yeah, let's, let's stick deeper into this notion. Okay, what is a problem that is clear that it's a very little motivation for change? Let's say, you know, this might be controversial, but uh, as, as an example, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good example for discussion, right? Okay, democracy as a, as a system, right? Mm. Is that a problem? To a lot of people, it is, right? It, it's not the best system, but it's probably the best system so far. Is that a problem? Yes. Is there a need for change? Maybe. Are there any real motivations for people to drive to, you know, totally, you know, change it? I don't think so. So this is the kind of situation and it doesn't apply just to, just to politics, right? It applies to every everything else um, um happening in, in our in our world. Like there are so many, you know, establishment structures and stuff like that embedded in our society. And even if you know for sure, like that is a major problem. But to change it, it's easier said than done. For a lot of young entrepreneurs that I have encountered, like let's say, for example, you know, sustainability, right? It's a, it's a very broad topic, right? And a lot of entrepreneurs say, okay, I have I passion in sustainability and I, I want to change that. Great, right? that's a very good starting point, right? But to navigate through which part of sustainability, right? In what kind of context? in which industry, which type of niche, what, what kind of target market are you actually starting with? We can't you know, target everyone and expect everyone to respond to a new idea immediately and say, oh, great, it's a, it's a great idea, let's, let's buy it and, and use it. No, that's not um, how the society works. If you look at the, you know, if we put this theory in there, like the Rogers adoption curve right now, the theory back then, in, I think it's in the 1950s and 1960s, it was developed to to demonstrate how a new idea is actually accepted in society as a whole. Yeah. It starts off with you know very low percentage. I think it was two point five percent of that as innovators, and then you've got you know around twelve percent of early adopters actually adopting a new new um, idea. Then we move to the the bigger majority, leading up into the early majorities and the late majority So it looks like a bell curve, right? And in looking at a problem if we try to target the early and late majorities it, at the start you go nowhere you'll always going to roadblocks. and we it's very important that we have go out and find those early adopters to test out the idea and start from there and
0: build momentum i see so the whole idea is when do you find a problem that is worth solving but there is not a market yet it could be due to a various amount of reasons because you mentioned with initially where Democracy is probably the best system that we have right now, but does it have flaws? Maybe. But is there an alternative? We don't really have one yet now. And another one was when the market perhaps just isn't ready for your solution yet. And is that what you mentioned with the bell curve?
1: That's right. It might be ready, but because of human nature, the majority of us don't want to change if it's it's not too broken. It's not too broken, it fits in with my lifestyle, why should I change? And <laughs> with um, with entrepreneurs, our job is to find that painful point in a particular group of people where the motivation is so big they don't mind adopting a new solution, which is not mm. proven. I, I don't know this company, I don't know this person, I've never used this solution before. And there might be a risk, but you know, because my pain is so big, my motivation overrides it. So I I, I want to track, right? Uh, But for most of the people, that's that's not the case. Yeah.
0: I see. I get your point. So Jonathan, you've worked with many different startups with jobs for New South Wales. How can aspiring entrepreneurs start their journey if they have an idea, but they don't know where to start?
1: I guess the short answer is just start. (laughs) 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 That's that's probably the, the short answer. But of course, like, Comparing when, when I first started, right, right, 20 ish years ago, comparatively, we've got so much more resources now. You know, you jump onto Google, you can, you can literally search anything. You can go onto YouTube. There are a lot of how to videos. Like, so information and resources are at our fingertips. So it's, it's getting so easy to get started with something. I guess most entrepreneurs that I have encountered, the fear of, of starting a business is just because of uncertainty. Whether they will succeed, I think that's, that's probably the, the main obstacle in between someone starting something and actually going out there to do it. Like I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs, like it's sitting on you know a few ideas for you know like three years, two years. Like how much stuff can you actually accomplish in two years if you have already started two years ago? So a piece of advice for people going out there to to get started with something: start a small project. It doesn't have to be a full-blown business that is one of one of the misconceptions too i have an idea i need to make it a a successful business like overnight or at least in the foreseeable future and that comes back to you know the way how we think in in setting destination goals or directional goals like Hmm. we are we're taught in our society like you know when since we were young the society has taught us to set measurable goals destinations Right. But yeah. um, in, in starting a startup, especially, you know, new ideas that you want to disrupt things, which means you don't know where the destination is. That's, that's the whole point of disruption. And that's the whole point of starting a new idea and, and becoming innovative. right? But a lot of entrepreneurs I've seen, they have approached innovation with destination-based goals. So I want to build a product which is um, such and such and such. And it looks like this. And we're going to build a business that, you know, makes money. This, 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 this. And in the third year, we're going to break even. And, you know, that's irrelevant. Like, um, you're not going to get there. If it's a new thing, how how can you be sure that of the projections that you've done is actually true? And because people have, is used to that kind of mentality. Okay, I've set some measurable goals, and I need to hit it. And if I don't hit my expectation, I collapse. Like. That's a very common phenomenon that I thought was so absurd. So, in like, if you look at the more successful ventures out there, they all started with, you know, just a piece of an idea that they just want to do, and they didn't, didn't really think about the business model in the, the start, and they didn't really think about all the pitching to investor, and you know, how how the financial projections is gonna play out, and well, what's my what's my mission and vision and and all that kind of things, like no they don't have it they just purely went out and did like just hack up whatever they had in mind and push it out to the market and let the customer tells you where you should take your journey further that's from an observation how better ventures are actually built
0: yeah absolutely so i suppose the whole idea is society has taught us to work in kind of like discrete measurable goals and one thing just automatically leads to the next and it's kind of like a logical sequence but because entrepreneurship the nature of it is definitely uncertain is that you'll never be able to find out exactly with precise um, accuracy what the next step is and then even modeling something like that is just theoretically not possible like entrepreneurs just stumble and don't know where to start is because they're trying to look for these these measurable goals, but they just can't find it. So your solution is just to release what you have, just do it, and your customer will tell you where to iterate.
1: Yeah, I guess that mentality applies um, especially so for what we call startups, right? Startups, if you look at, you know, look on the internet, um, there's a particular definition that I like the most, which is Steve Blank's definition of what a startup is. It's a temporary organization used to search for repeatable and scalable business model. And the keywords that I see in there, like the two keywords, one is temporary. And the second keyword is to search, right? It's a, it's a temporary thing. Like, so it's not set in stone. And their idea is to search. So if, if you are going to search something, of course, you don't know what this destination is. That's why you have to search for it. If you already know what the destination is, you just go there, right? So a startup is, is very different to, you know, what a business is. Um, but for, for entrepreneurs starting out, like, if they want to go go and build a startup like you have to go through that exploration process if you want to build a business right uh, a lifestyle business or, or whatever or proven methodology they're you know, buying a franchise or something like that right you build a business then you go through the destination based goal settings which is fine because um it's already proven you know if you, if you buy the franchise like there there might be you know hundreds of other people um, who have done it before you just have to follow the steps and and you know, make sure that you do the right thing. And in two years' time, you're gonna break even. In third year, you're gonna make X amount of dollars. Like that's supposedly the formula um, for for franchise, or you know, for other business like in in, in real estate development. Say for example, it's there's this a formula to it, which is already proven. That's why there's no innovation there. You just have to find the right piece of um, asset and and you know, project manage it with the with the right contractors and no, supposing it, right? It sounds easy, but it's, my point is, um, there's a, already a proven logical formula in doing a lot of different businesses, right? And those are very, very different to starting a startup. A startup, yeah, it's, it's something that you, you don't know. Like, um, it's not proven. That's why you want to go out and give it a crack and to see, to see if it actually has some value in our society. So this distinction between a startup and a business, I think that's something many entrepreneurs get confused with.
0: I see. Yeah, definitely. And so, what's your opinion about this whole entrepreneurial sort of trend? Everyone just wants to create their own business. Do you think that's a good or bad thing?
1: I've always preached entrepreneurship, so I think I, I will always answer yes to that question. We need more entrepreneurs, but I think entrepreneurs have taken you know different shapes or forms. Like you, you don't have to run run your own business to become an entrepreneur, right? You can be a very entrepreneurial parent, right? You can be (laughs) a very entrepreneurial employee, right? Entrepreneurship is not about, you know, building your business. I think that is another common misconception. Uh, But I think it's a good thing because entrepreneurship encourages people to really look at problems from its very raw sense, right? It's it's not dreaming about new problems or or, um, dreaming about a perfect world. It's actually looking at the real people In our society, what kind of hardships and challenges they're facing every day, right? And trying to come up with more efficient ways or alternative or innovative ways in helping them. That's the essence to me of what entrepreneurship is. So the more of us, the better.
0: Yeah. So it's just taking a more simple approach to say that entrepreneurship is just about solving problems, seeing what could be done better.
1: In essence, yes, I think we can say that.
0: Do you think that there are certain characteristics that make entrepreneurs better than others?
1: I think so. The ability to deal with uncertainty, I think that's probably the first thing. You know, again, like we're brought up in a society where we learned to conform. And, you know, there are certain ways that people should live their life, right? There are a lot of expectations, like especially for me coming from an Asian background. There were a lot of rules back then where we were taught, like where, as we were brought up. You know subconsciously or consciously right like things like or if you if you don't get married by a certain age you're too old or if you don't have if you if you haven't bought your property before a certain age you you are you're not successful that kind of thing right so people tend yeah. to have like an expectation of how their life should play out and i guess the the one number one distinction between an entrepreneur and and you know we call The average person, okay, let's say, just, just, just for argument's sake, right? It's, you know, the ability to, to embrace uncertainty and it's, it's fine with, you know, uncertainty and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but that's okay because we, we are actually creating our tomorrow. I guess that's, that's the first thing that I've observed. Apart from uncertainty, optimism, most like less, you you would have to experience it yourself, right? you You come up with a new idea, you're very enthusiastic about it, and you go and talk to whoever right a- anyone you pick anyone out there, talk to people, and the first thing they 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 tell you is some negative comments like criticism, like um, yeah you know, risk mitigation statements, right, which we need right. But that the part like an, an entrepreneur, and, and yeah, and not no, an entrepreneur is because um, we see possibilities, and that's how you innovate, right? If you don't see possibilities, you never innovate. It's, it's the first step, right? You you gotta you gotta be brave enough to 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 ask yourself, what if? The majority of people don't. They still they, they, they want to conform because it's safer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk more about what you said about seeing possibilities, because is there a sort of methodology to be able to uncover these sort of problems that could be turned into opportunities? Because as I understand, a lot of entrepreneurs and successful entrepreneurs found their businesses or kind of their their idea through having experienced the problem themselves and realizing something needs to be changed. What about for problems that you haven't personally experienced yourself, but you can just observe as a third person? Is there a way to do that?
1: This is a common thing. Even if you start off with a problem that you don't understand, endure long enough, you have to speak to those people, try to you know, embrace their day-to-day to your day-to-day, become one of them, really understand what their motivations and what the challenges are. Then one day you will build a venture that can actually solve the problem within that, within that community. So it's all about the time and effort you actually put in so eventually you will become a person that has a personal connection with the problem itself. Um, it's just that maybe from day one, you don't. But oftentimes, if you want to fast track uh, whatever you're doing, you should put, it's logical to start with something that you already have a ton of knowledge in there, right? Or you have a ton of um, uh, experience in, in a certain topic or, or a certain problem, then it just makes it easier.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I guess it's kind of in line with angela duckworth's grit in a way then because if you start off with a problem that you already know it just makes it easier but if you don't start off with a problem you know you just need to persevere and it just depends on how much effort you put in to actually get to know the problem and understand what needs to be solved
1: that's right and most people don't do that because during that process you don't get reward and yeah it's against the 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 theory of um, how this society operates, right? <laughs> you, you're supposed to get some reward for, 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 for things that you actually do. So that's why like, most people cannot be an entrepreneur because um, you, you have to spend a lot of wasting time, right? You, you got to waste <laughs> a lot of time. Like um, it, it literally is like a lot of people actually around me, like, you know, whom I have personal relationships with. They, they really think that what, what I've done in the last 20 years um, is, is a waste of time in a lot of cases right because you you got to spend a lot of time just to explore a certain topic or a certain problem before you actually understand it to even make a call on whether there needs to be a new solution to solve that problem or not so it's a very personal call in whether you want to spend time in something
0: yeah definitely thank you so much for being a guest here on the genesis of startups jonathan it was incredibly valuable having you talk about entrepreneurship where entrepreneurs go to when they have an idea but don't know where to start and the misconceptions that is the whole world of startups to our audience i hope that you found it incredibly valuable if you'd like to learn more about jonathan or about the genesis of startups feel free to drop us a line on linkedin facebook or twitter until next time